Fog hung low over the train tracks across Raccoon Creek. The train was moving fast. It was fully dark and the trip had been uneventful thus far. The engineer felt the hair on the back of his neck begin to stand on end as they flew across the second trestle of the creek. He didn't believe in ghosts, really, and he'd been on this run for a while without seeing anything. But the stories... The stories were hard to ignore, especially as they approached the cold, dank tunnel. His thoughts trailed off as the place in question came into view. Through the fog, he thought he saw the light of a lantern. He strained his eyes, peering desperately through the fog. There it was. It was an emergency signal. Leaping into action, he pulled the whistle and engaged the brakes. The train was rolling along quickly, and it protested the sudden stop, screeching loudly, shuddering violently, and throwing sparks from the tracks. Others from the crew met him at the front, curious to see what had prompted the sudden stop. The engineer squinted into the dense fog, confused. He had seen the lantern. He was sure of it. One of the other crew members patted him on the shoulder. Don't worry, lad. It's happened to us all at Moonville. Welcome back to A&A's Tall Tales. I'm Andrea. And I'm Amanda. And this is Moonville Tunnel. Woo! So we are in Vinton County, Ohio this time, down in the Zelinsky State Forest. And Miss Amanda has had the opportunity to go visit recently. Yeah, so we went down for a vacation to Hawking Hills just for a long weekend getaway. It was me, my husband, and my brother, and I convinced them to take me to Moonville Tunnel, and we explored, got some cool pictures, didn't see any ghosts, but, well, I take that back. I did see one ghost. <laughs> it was a Pac- I was going to say, hey now. <laughs> it was a Pac-Man ghost graffitied onto the wall. That still counts. It does. I just love the fact that so many of these locations in Ohio are parts of state forests and are accessible. Yeah, so this particular location is a part of a 10-mile walking slash hiking trail. So if you do go, make sure you actually go to like the Moonville Tunnel parking lot if you don't feel like walking 10 miles because if you just put in Moonville Tunnel in like Google Maps, it will take you to the middle, to the start of the entire walking trail so yeah just you know did you guys find that out the hard way um so I had to double check with my husband who was driving because he was navigating I was like I'm pretty sure the actual tunnel isn't where my phone is telling me it is do you have the actual location? And my brother said something along the lines of, oh, it'll be fine. We can walk. I go, it's 10 miles. He goes, no, never mind. Make sure we're at the right location. So we wound up at the right location. Everything was fine. It was just, it was, it was funny. I don't know. I would almost pay to see your brother hike in 10 miles. The fact that I got him out and hiking and he was allowing me to take time to do this. I am so grateful and appreciative because he is very much not an outdoorsy person, but I love him and I appreciate him. So we're going to get him to go to the reformatory with us now, right? Yes, because his girlfriend wants to go. So yes, 
it will this be, is gonna be so fun. It will be three versus one, and it's going to be fantastic, and I am so excited. Woohoo! Okay, anyway, sorry, I'm getting distracted. Um, Moonville, we're on Moonville. Moonville um, Tunnel, <laughs> yes. Okay, so it's out in the middle of the state forest, and yet there's an old railroad track and railroad tunnel in the middle of the Appalachian Mountains in Ohio, Southern Ohio. What the heck, right? But it's kind of an interesting... I did not know this. I learned something new again. Um, This part of Ohio is so mineral rich, was so mineral, mineral rich, that it was actually called the mineral region in Ohio. And this is down on the borders of Vinton and Jackson counties. It was rich in coal, sandstone, burstone, salt, fire clay, and iron. Like, it was reported to have over 300 square miles of iron ore. That is a lot. Yeah, yeah. That's 300 square miles. That's, I mean... If you don't know how long a mile is, you've obviously never ran cross country. A mile is so long. That's almost so the length long. of the state, as we talked about with the Underground Railroad. I mean, from the Ohio River to Lake Erie. Yeah. And then it's square miles, not linear. Mm-hmm. So that alone, especially, I mean, at any time, but especially then, was well worth boring tunnels and putting railroad tracks through some of the roughest country in this part of the country. And it's... The tunnel is located in the densest wooded area in Ohio, right between what used to be Hope Furnace and Ingram Station. Now, this is, what, the third or fourth time we've talked about some furnace or another? And we're not talking, like, what's in the basement of your house. It's this these giant stone structures where they smelted iron ore out of rock. Yeah. We and not drove- just iron ore, but every kind, you know ores yeah we drove past the hope furnace a couple times when we were just out getting food and whatnot but i kept forgetting to ask people to stop and nerd out with me so we never actually like walked up to it but they have like one of those historical plaque markers and you can walk up to it and touch it and it's a huge thing it's probably two stories at least wow so why was all this stuff built where it was other than just the resources? Because, I mean, you can cart resources out if you have a railroad. But we're also talking about general geological positioning. Um, This was the best route through that area, and they might as well build something right there and only transport the ore versus all of the rock and ore that needed separated. Um... So this built a huge amount of commercial traffic to do this, to transport all of this. And not only was it a faster route from Marietta to Cincinnati, and this was the, the railroad that built this, this line was the MNC railroad, Marietta Cincinnati railroad. Um, but it was also the only track in that area that had a continuous gauge of tracks connecting with other railroads. So they could transport all of these goods and people and resources from 
this rough area anywhere in the country at that point. Hmm. thought that was pretty interesting. And the, the, during the 1800s, especially things, these types of industries were booming. So logging companies, iron furnaces, coal mining, it was, it was the, the industry of the era. They were the industries of the era. So in 1856, a man named Samuel Coe gave the MNC Railroad permission to construct the rail line across his property. They got this constructed and the first train ran this line in 1857. So one year and they were running trains along this line. Okay, that sounds like a really long time ago, right? But this line did not shut down until 1988. That's when it was discontinued. That was a year before I was born. Yeah, that's over a hundred years of use, which is impressive. And all of this activity and stuff that we're going to talk about here real shortly, as late as eight, as 1981, the railroad had to install a signal at the tunnel to stop trains from emergency braking for the waving lantern light. They were having such an issue from multiple trains on multiple, multiple trains a day stopping because of a ghost lantern that they had to put in a signal that was like, guys, no, you don't pay attention to anything but this. Yeah, that's like my absolute favorite story about Moonville is, is that it's just, how do you, how do you deny that at all, ever? I don't know, but okay. Before we get into ghosts, why would there be ghosts at this remote railroad tunnel? Like, come on now, right? There was a town there, hence the name Moonville Tunnel. There was a town of Moonville that popped up along the railroad tracks back in the mountains. And why was there a tunnel there? Well, glad you asked, because there was this huge hill that it wasn't worth trying to grade it down to be able to just go over. So they put a tunnel through it and the town popped up and it was apparently named after the general store owner who was Mr. Moon, by the way. Oh, I, I thought that was cool. Brought back some Dr. Who references with Dr. Moon. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry, let me put my geek away. Um, so this, this town popped up. And it's not there anymore. These towns happened and grew quickly and they died quickly as the industries moved and the resources of one area ran out. It was very common for these, for the people that lived in these towns to pack up and just move with the industry. So this town popped up quickly and it died quickly. It's now on the National Ghost Town Registry, which I got a kick out of, all things considered. Seeing as how there's only a schoolhouse foundation, a train tunnel, and a community cemetery left. (laughs) And the town at its peak only had around 100 residents. The town was there before the railroad came through. Um, It grew exponentially once the railroad came through. And then the last known resident left Moonville in 1947. So, like Amanda was saying, all that's left, Schoolhouse Foundation, the tunnel, 
and cemetery. And I've heard that the cemetery was pretty vandalized and there's not even really much left of that. Yeah, I did manage to convince Kyle to drive up to the cemetery. It is up a very steep one lane, and I mean one lane gravel road with a huge drop off on the other end. So if you meet someone, someone's backing up because there's no turning around at all. Um, there is, I have pictures of it too, but there's a huge tree and like four or five gravestones and that's it. That doesn't surprise me. I'm actually kind of surprised to hear that there's that many gravestones left. Um, just from what I was reading, it sounded like they'd all been pretty well beat up. I, I didn't actually walk up to them because my husband and my brother stayed in the car, but they looked on the newer side. So I don't know if they've been replaced recently. Maybe. I know um, I was stalking some of the Horseman websites about Moonville, and I know they've recently done quite a bit of restoration to the tunnel itself. So perhaps they've done some restoration to the um, to the cemetery as well. That would make sense. So, yeah, it's a pretty interesting, pretty interesting story. That's all that's left of this crazy town. But that doesn't really explain the amount of ghostly sightings still. Like, where did all these ghosts come from to begin with? Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) No. So when you're visiting Moonville Tunnel, you will notice if you look away from Raccoon Creek that it's a really nice straight shot. You can see a train coming pretty easily from maybe a mile away, quarter mile, half mile, like enough that you're going, I should wait for this train to pass before I walk through this tunnel. However, if a train is coming from the other direction, there is a blind turn, maybe 25, 50 feet before the tunnel. Oh, wow. So if there's a train, mind you, there's no signals. There's no like beeping, dinging crosswalk gates coming up and down there's no real roads that this train is going to be blowing its horn when it crosses the road. So you're just going to kind of be surprised. And for, I mean, trains are not quiet things to begin with, but sound carries funny in the hills. You're not necessarily going to know that it's right on top of you, especially if it's coming around a tall hillside. Yeah. So it was not unusual for, sorry, Amanda sent me a picture. I did. Distracting of the, me. Of the cemetery. <laughs> you can see like one, two. I was like, totally three. squirrel moment. I can't talk and look apparently. Yeah. You, there's like five graves and a really yeah, tall tree. Yeah, there is. Wow. See, so this is the reason that I have to turn my radio off when I back the horse trailer up because I can't see and listen at the same time, obviously. Wait, I'm lost. I have to turn the radio down. I am so guilty of that. like i no joke i cannot back the horse trailer with the radio on i i know it's completely mental but i have to turn it off and i have to roll the window down because you know tow mirrors aren't enough to back up i have to be able to stick my head out the window for some reason i mean duh it's i don't know but it works i can put that thing anywhere i want to anyway i'm sorry squirrel once again i mean we are talking about the foothills and the the edges of the Appalachian Mountains. Southern Ohio is a very 
craggy, mountainous, steep, rough terrain. It's beautiful, but not necessarily something that you're going to hike through all of these mountains if you have a graded train track that you can walk along between work and home. Especially if you were a miner working, you know, 12 hour shifts, the last thing you're going to want to do is hike over a mountain to get home. Right. And I mean, we're talking that this hill where the tunnel is was so steep that the railroad didn't even want to try to dynamite it down. They were like, yeah, no, we're just going to go through it. I mean, it's probably degraded a little bit, but it's still a pretty steep hill. Yeah. And how long would you, you say that the tunnel is? Like, is it a long tunnel? Or? So I, I wound up looking it up because we couldn't decide, but it's about 100 feet long. And so it's long enough that if you got caught, like, in the middle of it and a train was coming towards you, you're not going to outrun a train. No. It's about 30 feet wide and 35 feet high, somewhere around those dimensions. Wow. So, I mean, it's a, it's a decent-sized tunnel. It's got really but good echo But it's a train tunnel. It. Yeah. Like, trains are big. <laughs> so, that being said, people walked these tracks a lot. And between being tired, not realizing that a train was coming, because they, they didn't hit a regular schedule a lot of times. Um, it's not exactly like it is today. And you couldn't just pull up an app and see what time it was or when a train was supposed to be coming through. So, from... 1857 to 1940, there was anywhere between 21 and 24 reported deaths associated with trains and the train tracks. And that was from newspapers and local sources. That's a lot. That's a decent amount of violent, (laughs) tragic. So while we're talking about the only the schoolhouse foundation, the train tunnel, and the community cemetery remain. Um, so do several ghosts. Woo, ghosts. And I found so much cool information. And then Amanda got to go visit. Yes. So these are accounts from the Vinton Jackson Courier newspaper. And it talks about different railroad workers that were struck down by trains that still wave their lanterns in the tunnel and like we were talking about before they had to actually install a signal that the conductors and engineers would only respond to that signal versus the lanterns i didn't realize when we initially started getting into this that there was several different ghosts associated with the lanterns so there's the brake man who there's several legends surrounding this one. He, I'm not sure how to start this. The first one I, the one I found, I didn't do nearly as much research as I should have. So Andrea is 100% carrying this episode. It's fine. <laughs> so the one I found was a drunk brakeman was walking home through the tunnel. A train was approaching and in an attempt to stop it, he swung his lantern wildly Unfortunately, he was struck and decapitated, and that's all I have. So I got from the MacArthur Democrat newspaper that the there was an article that came out March 31st, 1859, and it read, a part of it read, a brakeman was fatally injured 
when the wheels passing over and grinding to a shapely a shapeless mass the greater part of one of his legs and he didn't survive that yeah Um, so that is my my guess of where the majority of that legend came from is it was an actual incident that happened and then that story grew into several versions one of which is the one that you found and then I also found where the brakeman was drunk in Moonville Tunnel, walking through, and he fell asleep on the tracks. He was killed while trying to escape the, the train coming through. Then a, another version of that was the same brakeman was drunk at a local saloon, and as he walked the tracks home, he was struck and killed by the train. And then there was also a version where the brakeman wasn't drunk at all. He was actually working. And he fell between the train cars as he went from car to car and was killed in the tunnel. And actually with him, only the version that you were talking about had him with a lantern at all. Yeah. Now, the next one that I found some information on was the headless conductor. Ooh, and this I have one's this kind of one Yeah, this one's kind of cool. So <laughs> uh, the general legend that I found is at a rail stop while dropping off supplies to a smallpox ridden region, the conductor met his end. The engineer wasn't happy to be in the area where an epidemic was happening. And while the conductor was under the train inspecting a brake line, he was frightened and goosed the throttle of the freight car. The freight car jumped forward and decapitated the engineer. And now the conductor's headless body can be seen walking the tracks at night with a lantern looking for his lost head. I wonder if that's related to the story I have, because that's not the story I have. So version two of the the headless conductor is the conductor was found to be having an illicit affair with the engineer's wife. And when the engineer found out about it, he tricked the conductor into getting under the freight car and checking one of the brakes and then purposely ran him over, decapitating him. That's the story I have. Yeah, those were the two that I found, so. <gasps> Ooh. Now I wonder if if that story at all inspired locomotive breath. Do I have any Jethro Toll fans out there? Because, mm, anyway... I'm going to research real quick. You keep going. Okay. And I did find a bunch of um, pop culture stuff that Moonville Tunnel inspired, FYI. Um, So the next set of ghosts that I have are called the Lantern Ladies. Apparently it was not just men that were killed in the, the railroad, the traveling of the railroad tracks. The first one is called the Lavender Lady, and this is a ghost that people don't see as much as they smell her. Um, People report seeing a shadowy figure, but their biggest report is smelling the scent of lavender. And I actually found in an old newspaper where there was a story of an 80-year-old woman named Mrs. Patrick Shea, who was struck down on the tracks between Hope and Moonville. She survived initially, but her leg had to be amputated. She later died of her wounds. Shortly after her passing, people began reporting a shadowy figure at the end of the tunnel. When approached, the figure would disappear, 
but the scent of lavender would linger. Hmm. Yeah. I, that was from, I have the, um, the article saved, so we'll post pictures of that. Um, the next was of a young woman who was struck while taking a shortcut through the tunnel. Her body was thrown to the creek bed. This was from the 1873 Athens Messenger newspaper. And then there was a second version of this that talked about a woman being struck while taking a shortcut through the tunnel and dying immediately. I'm not sure if these were different stories or if this was something that happened more than once, but in both of these stories, the woman was carrying a lantern that the conductor didn't see or the engineer didn't see. Hmm. Um, So the next one is of a young woman who was taking a shortcut through the tunnel late at night. She was sneaking out to go see her lover when she was taken unawares by a train and decapitated. She now carries her lantern along the train tracks looking for her head. And then there was another report of a woman who was taking lunch to her husband at the mine. She was pregnant and taken unawares by a train and killed immediately when struck. So this group of female ghosts is called the Lantern Ladies. That's really sad. Yeah. I also have the engineer now this one is actually well documented so a man by the name of theodore lawhead was an engineer on a train on a november night in 1880 he was on his way to the moonville tunnel when another train was coming from the opposite way this is a single set of railroad tracks and the trains collided head on lawhead was killed immediately the dispatcher had failed to notify Lawhead that another train was coming toward him, and he did not even have a chance to try to slow down. Mm. It's reported that his ghost showed itself immediately, and some of the different reports surrounding Lawhead involve a man that was coming from Hope Furnace to Ingham felt somebody following him. And now, mind you, side note here, Hope Furnace itself is said to be haunted, Um all the way back in during the Civil War, it was actually used to make weapons for the Civil War. So that furnace is also reportedly haunted. And I found nothing further on that, but just a, a side note. So a, a man that was on his way between Hope Furnace and Ingham felt someone following him. And he saw a shadowy figure with a top hat keeping pace with him. Thinking that this was just another person walking along the tracks that was messing with him, he stopped to address the figure, and it vanished. In the second report, along the second well-documented report of Lawhead, in January 1894, a train driven by William Washburn was going quickly down the tracks, going too fast, when Lawhead's ghost showed up in front of it carrying a lantern. The engineer gave a whistle and stopped the train, but the figure had vanished. And both of these encounters, the man was wearing a top hat, which was something that Lawhead was well known to always wear a top hat. That's why everybody's so sure that this was his ghost. So the final known ghost that I found is called the bully. He was a drunken man that died near the Moonville tunnel after being beaten on his way home from playing cards 
he wasn't found until the next morning. And by the time he was found, he had been run over by several trains. Um, for some reason, his ghost will walk the top of the tunnel and throw pebbles at people who try to enter it. So I'm not sure if that's in an attempt to stop people from meeting the same fate or if he got beat up for a reason. Hmm. I had no pebbles thrown at me, so I have zero experience with that. I don't know. So those were all from various newspapers. And then I also found some excerpts from the Vinton Jackson Courier, which is another newspaper. And this one was, this encounter was actually in the Vinton Jackson Courier and the MacArthur Democrat newspaper. And this was all around this time, actually, July 5th and 6th in 1955, that a man, an Irishman by the name of James McGrath was found dead, hanging from a tree near the house of Mr. Ferguson in Brown Township. Mr. Ferguson owned the land that butted up to Mr. Coe's land, which the railroad eventually went through. It's said that perhaps the first Moonville ghost was actually that of James McGrath. In the 19, early 1900s, Charles Ferguson, you know, Mr. Ferguson that owned the land where James McGrath was killed. This was a descendant of Charles Ferguson was struck by a train. He waited to cross the railroad tracks until the train had passed, not knowing that a part of the train had come uncoupled. And after the first part passed, he stepped into the tracks to be struck by the second part of the train. Oof. He was killed instantly. That's bad luck. Yeah, like, talk about... Ugh. The last known death in conjunction with the railroad happened in 1986, so just a few years before I was born. <laughs> a 10-year-old girl was struck by a CSX train on the trestle crossing Raccoon Creek. And from what I could find, they were never able to recover her body. Mm. Yeah. So a large span of lots of gruesome. So did you find anything? Did it inspire what you were talking about? No, I mean, that just about covers it that I know of. Okay, so then we not only have ghosts, but these legends, actually, there's different. There's a book that's been written called An Incident in Moonville, The Conductor's Revenge. And it's by a man named William M. Cullen. It's a fictional book, but it is most definitely inspired by the story of the headless conductor. I have not had a chance to read it, but I'm kind of looking forward to, to doing that at some point here. Um, the sci-fi show Haunted Highway did an episode featuring the Moonville Tunnel in 2013. I haven't seen that either, but I think I can look it up. There was a ballad written by a man named Orville J. Jenkins called The True and Tremblin' Brakeman. And that is said to be inspired by the, the tale of the Brakeman, the headless Brakeman. I'm sorry, the drunken Brakeman. There's an orchestral piece composed by Scott Michael called The Ghost of Boonville Tunnel. So I don't think there's any, any guessing as to what inspired that. And lastly... The Rarely Heard, which is a bluegrass band, wrote and recorded a song called Moonville Breakman. And I've listened to that. It's actually pretty cool. I added it to my Spotify list. Of course you did. What? I love bluegrass. Leave me alone. I know you do. 
And unfortunately, okay. locomotive breath was inspired by the out of control population, not the Moonville Tunnel story. But come on, it's perfect. It is perfect. I mean, why not? I can believe it is in my heart. You know, maybe it was in a, in a small way. Who knows? So, yeah, that is the story of Moonville. And in recent years, it has been acquired by the state of Ohio. And at one point, not that long ago, it was actually, I want to say like 2014, they were able to buy the land and the trail leading up to it and open it completely to the public. And at that point, it was vandalized pretty badly. There was a lot of spray paint and graffiti done. And since then, it's been restored some, and a lot of that's been cleaned up. But from the pictures Amanda took, it's been re-graffitied a few times. Yeah, just a couple times. Um, so. Which brings back up a point that if you go visit all these cool places, that's great. Be respectful. Don't vandalize. Break things. Tag things. Be good. Yeah. Just enjoy something. Leave it for the rest of us, too. Although I will say that the bridge across Raccoon Creek, if anyone knows what, I forget what they called, but I call them lock bridges, where people basically take padlocks and combination locks and write their name and their lover's name on them and then lock them on the bridge to like signify that they're going to always be together as long as this lock holds kind of deal. It's kind of cool. Yeah, you sent me the picture of that, and I was like, what the heck is going on with that bridge? And I had never heard of such a story. I thought that was the coolest thing ever. That's that's an okay form. Well, I'm not even going to say that, but it's, no, it's an okay form of vandalism <laughs> than spray painting, I guess. Well, it's not that hard to take bolt cutters and cut locks off if it becomes an issue. It's yeah. a little different than trying to undo spray paint on a rock face. Which will eventually wear off, too. Yeah. But. Yeah, so you can hike to Moonville. You can ride horses to Moonville. You can apparently drive fairly close to Moonville. Yeah. Um, if you have a hankering to get out into the woods and see something cool. And if you're going to be down that way, just go to Hawking Hills. It's stupendous and gorgeous and amazing. Yeah. We went to Conkles Hollow, which is... 98% paved, like wheelchair accessible. So do that if you have kids or don't normally, aren't normally able to go hiking or anything. And I'm sure with it being Hawking Hills that there is somewhere down there, if you're not into the paved trails and things, that you can get off the pavement. Yeah. If, if you are more for something a little bit rougher, you can take the rim trail of Concos Hollow, which is, I think, three plus miles of rather... We didn't do it for reasons, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's not, it's not uh, beginner friendly. We'll put it that way. <laughs> oh, man. It's a great place to go and just spend some time. My brother and sister-in-law were actually down there the same weekend that you were. I know. I'm so mad. I would have stopped by and said hi, but they probably want their privacy. Well, the driveway to the cabin, to the Airbnb that they rented was over a mile long. 
And I guess it had said something about you need four wheel drive to get up it. Oh, it and was my one brother of those was like, cabins that was like, yeah, you need four wheel drive to get up our driveway. If you cannot get up our driveway, it's not our fault. We warned you. We offer no refunds. Yeah. And so my brother was like, OK, you know, and he got out there and I mean, he lives on the side of a hill, too. And he was like, no, I didn't understand and I mean, his truck has four wheel drive. It wasn't that big of a deal, but he took videos and it was like, oh my goodness, they weren't joking. Yeah. We stayed away from those cabins specifically. Kyle has a Jeep, so we could have done it, but we, f- we found a nice house with a flat, even semi normal driveway. Oh yeah. But the views with the pictures he had, I, I don't know. It was, yeah, it would have been worth it. But anyway. Hawking Hills, awesome place to go. And apparently very haunted. Awesome place to go. So that about wraps up what we have for Moonville. What are we doing next, Amanda? Next time, we are going to do something that sounds odd, being a mainly Ohio podcast, but I promise it is at least starts in Ohio, we will be talking about Annie Oakley. <laughs> I'm excited about this one. The sharp shooting. Oh, she is so sassy. I love her. There's so much. She just, she's an interesting character all the way around. Mm-hmm. I guess let's just say I, um, I could totally be her when I grow up. You are grown up. I laugh. Okay. I won't dash your hopes and dreams. I'm sorry. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> and I want to say, I don't think it was her, but um, anyway, yeah. Tune in next time. We're going to talk about one heck of a cool sharpshooting lady. I'm so excited. Until, and until then, then, jinx. You know the, you know the drill. Like, rate, review, tell your friends, tell your neighbors. Tell random people on the street, go up, say, hey, we heard about this cool podcast yet. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Go visit one of Amanda's cool coworkers while she's got some of our podcast cards and stuff yeah, as she's this, selling some really this, cool drawings. This should be out about the time that's in. So if you're in or around Delaware, there will be a maker's market on June, July 18th. July 21st and August, I think like 25th or 28th. It's the third Thursday. And my one coworker will be out there and she will have flyers that I designed to hand out to people as like a, Hey, check this out. This is cool. I recommend this thing. So go visit her. If you're in the area, go support some local artists and have a fun day. And make sure you go and like our Facebook page and our Instagram, especially as we're coming up on not only our 20th episode, but we're also starting to get close to one year of this. Mm-hmm. We are starting to get together some ideas for some giveaways and some fun stuff. So make sure you're paying attention to all of that. Yes, we will definitely be announcing giveaways and the like. We are working on... Andrea has a brand new, super fancy embroidery machine that we will be looking at shirts or sweatshirts or something, doing something. So 
keep a lookout. Yeah. And I guess that's about all we've got. So we will see y'all next time. We will see you next time. This has been A&A Tall Tales, an independently written, recorded, and produced podcast. Our intro sounds are Crackling Fireplace by Julius H. and Nightwoods by Widget Studios. Our intro song is Harmonica Solo by Julius H. This podcast is intended for entertainment purposes only.